I'm joined by the Round 15 AFL Rising Star nominee, Angus Sheldrick from the Sydney Swans. Gus, congratulations on the nomination. Thank you very much, Chow. I appreciate it. How did you find out today? Uh, horse called me this morning. Um, yeah, and he told me, which was nice. Was it a surprise to you? What were the emotions when the phone lit up and it says John Longmire's on the other line? Oh, I missed the first call. I was getting massaged, and then he sent me a text and said, give me a call when you can. So, um, yeah, so I had a bit, bit of an idea when he was calling me that early in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a good game from yourself and the side on the whole. We'll get to that in a little bit more depth. But 29 disposals and a goal against the Eagles after last week as well. Two goals and 19 touches against Brisbane. Have you found yourself really getting to that confidence level now at the top level? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely takes a bit as well. It takes performances like that to get your inner belief going and, and believe that you can compete. Um, and yeah, the, the last two weeks have been, been good fun and given me that confidence. Pretty memorable game to be the Rising Star nominee from 171 points over the Eagles. What was it like out there? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. That was probably the easiest way to describe it. But um, yeah, I thought we played really well. It was probably the best game we've played as a team all year. So I think we'll take a lot of confidence from it. So the 200-point barrier was, was inside at three-quarter time. Was it, was it mentioned amongst the boys at any point as the, the game was nearing an end? No, it actually wasn't. It actually wasn't. I think I, I didn't really know what the score was, to be honest. So when, when, when I knew we were going to win, I, I wasn't looking at it all too much. But, yeah, when, when we knocked it over, it was nice. So you're from Perth, obviously. Were you an Eagles supporter growing up? Uh, when I was really young, yeah, I was. And then as I got a bit older, I sort of, I sort of drifted between teams and just liked to watch a good game. But when I was young, I was an Eagles supporter, yeah. So who were the young, the players that you watched when you were a younger kid? We know you, your crash and bash style through the midfield and you, you, you're tough as anything. Who were the players you looked at and tried to idolise coming through? Well, I was probably a bit young when it was sort of Chris Judd and Ben Cousins, so I never really got to see them in the flesh, but... I'd say as I got a bit older, Luke Hodge was the one that, that I really loved and he was the guy that I sort of wanted to model my game off and, and still do. How about since you landed at the Swans, how have you found that uh, process in terms of getting to know the other midfielders within the group? And there's obviously some star-studded sort of names within that group as well. Who are the guys you, you spend most time with learning from and, and taking things from? Yeah, well, I think Joey Kennedy last year was a, a big help for me. He played a couple of reserves games and, and he sort of took us, me and some of the other younger boys that were playing in the reserves under his wing and, and taught us a lot. And then this year, obviously, Luke Parker is sort of the leader of that midfield along with Callum. And then obviously the two younger boys as well, James and Chad, with Errol as well going through there. So they, they've all got a wealth of knowledge and have played a lot of games even at a young age. So yeah, they've taught me a lot. So go back to 2021, Angus. At what point in the year did you start to think, hang on, the draft's a real show for me? Because I guess people from the outside, we might have called you the quintessential draft bolter towards yeah. the end of the season. When did it become more real for you? Oh, I can't really remember. I didn't speak to a club, I don't think, probably till mid-season, a bit after the mid-season. So probably when you, when you talk to your first club, you're like, oh, it's probably a chance. Like, but uh, I think probably when I really knew it was probably a month out from the draft when a couple of clubs had really shown interest and I knew that I, I was probably a good chance. But, um, yeah, I never really believed it until it happened, to be honest. What about the Swans' interest in the lead-up? Had they given you a knock in the 24 hours beforehand just to that, that final double-check from Kinnear Beetson or Simon Dalrymple to work out who else might be interested in you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, but... I was down at Levers at the time and um, Simon and Kinnear called me a couple times the day before. Um, I never thought it was for the first round pick. I thought it might have been for the ones a bit later on. Um, but yeah, that gave me a pretty good inkling when they were calling me a couple times in the same day trying to 
trying to find some things out. But um, yeah, I, I never really knew, to be honest. Does it mute Lever's celebration a little bit when you know that's coming up? Yeah, it does, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so go back to last year then. Obviously, you played round one, then round two, and then the rest of the season uh, at VFL level. What was that yep. like for you to get a taste of things right at the start and then to watch you know, the senior group get through to the AFL grand final? Yeah, it was great to, to debut early. I was A few things probably went my way. A couple of boys got COVID and, and it all fell into place for me pretty nicely. Um, but yeah, then I sort of brought back down to earth after two weeks with an injury and um, yeah, it was sort of got, got an early taste of what rehab's like at AFL level and that wasn't much fun, but, but I did learn a lot. And then, yeah, it was when I came back, you know, the AFL team was flying and so we, we in the VFL were going pretty well as well. So it was, it was a great time to be around the club and see what some of the AFL boys did to, to sort of get the club in that place. What were the things you were working on in that period for your own game? Um, well, obviously, with my, I did my, my knee, so I needed to focus on that, and that was probably my main concern. But then just being really good with my touch and being a one-touch player was probably the, the thing I could do early on in my rehab that didn't take too much, too much load on, on my injury. What about this year now? You've played three games in a row. How do you reset your things and goals for the second half of the season as the finals still remains a chance? Yeah, for sure. I think sticking to to what I've been doing, I think the the start of the year was pretty frustrating for me. I I was playing some good footy in the VFL and sort of just things weren't going my way. And then um, I was working with some of the coaches and then I started to really work hard. I think I was working hard, but then I I probably took it to another level around round four, around five in the AFL season doing with doing it, my extra stuff, and I've continued to do that up until this point, and I think it's paid dividends and, and helped me to be in the position I am now, but yeah, certainly not done. Absolutely, paying dividends. We saw that on the weekend. Well done on the Rising Star nomination, and we look forward to seeing you for the rest of the season and beyond. Thanks a lot, Cal. I appreciate it. G'day, I'm Roy. I'm Warnie. And I'm Calvin. Together we are the traders, afl.com.au's fantasy experts. You can catch our podcast every Monday and Thursday where we look at the AFL fantasy action from the weekend and help you get set for the round ahead. All the pigs, all the cash cows, the best trades and captains with plenty of fun along the way. Grab every new episode wherever you listen to podcasts and keep clicking back to afl.com.au for more fantasy news and advice throughout the season.